Wellbound Sports. Quench your sports thirst. Articles, live shows, and podcasts. Visit 12ozsportsradio.com. 12-Ounce Sports is your home for the best live talk shows, sports broadcasts, podcasts, and sports articles. You know you can catch 12-Ounce Sports live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, but now you can also watch live on Zingo TV. That's right, Zingo TV has added 12-Ounce Sports to their long list of channels. And now if you're on your smart TV, just download the app and flip to channel 761 to catch all the live 12-Ounce Sports programming plus replays. All you got to do is download Zingo TV and use the promo code 120Z when signing up. It's that simple. Be sure to check out our latest blogs and podcasts as well at 120ZSportsRadio.com. It's 12 Ounce Sports now live on Zingo TV, channel 761. It's episode 170 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and our special guest is Dominic Gussler, otherwise known as the Big Ragu in the Roller Derby Circles. Big Ragu's the main announcer for Gem City Roller Derby, and today we're talking about the Big Ragu's announcing career, Dayton's local roller derby squad, local sports, and more in episode 170. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast covering all sports in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. From Lima to the Ohio River and Northern Kentucky, from Eastern Indiana to Madison County and all points in between, this is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit the LeeWMowen.com slash podcast to find your favorite podcasting platform. Music created with the Splash app. Time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. It is episode 170. I got Dominic on the phone. Dominic, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Glad to finally uh, get back with you and, and talk and stuff. The last time we really did any talking, you were actually at the Dayton Convention Center mm-hmm. announcing with me. That's right. Uh, that was my first ever uh, stint into roller derby. Uh, first time I uh, watched it with my own eyes, and it was a lot of fun. I, I had a lot of uh, I had a great time, a lot of experience learned, and yeah, hopefully we get uh, roller derby starting back soon. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. So, like I mentioned, Dominic's uh, roller derby name is the Big Ragu. Uh, where did you get that nickname from? <laughs> uh, well, you know, um, going all the way back to like Laverne and Shirley, there was a uh, Carmine, the big Ragusa on there. And, you know, he was a uh, Italian. <laughs> I see. I'm ha- you know, I'm half Italian. He was a boxer. I used to box, you know, so there were a lot of similarities there. But it, actually, I was at um, doing basic training and we were doing the pugil stick competition mm-hmm. and I was dancing around and not. You know, as the guy would swing, I would jump back and then smack him in the head. And uh, <laughs> uh, Private Bearden saw that, and he happened to be from Milwaukee, 
Wisconsin. And uh, he actually gave me that nickname. He goes, oh, man, you are the big ragu, you know, uh, doing that. <laughs> and uh, So I've been rocking that since, wow, 1993 was when I was in basic training. Really? So, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool on the nickname of it because, you know, roller derby is so special where I'm pretty sure all, if not most, of the athletes have a different name. Oh, fact. Yeah, they're they're all over the uh, all over the spectrum. Uh, lately, athletes have been using their uh, their actual names and stuff like that as they're uh, slowly trying to transition into a more, I mean, uh, recognizable as as the actual sport that it is, and they want to be taken as serious as possible. And sometimes you do come across certain names that you're like, that's not made for TV. So <laughs> you might say half the name or even a quarter of the name or just they're flying around the track. Look at them go, you know, and, and avoiding that name entirely. You get an A for creativity, but uh, we can't say it over uh, TV. So <laughs> I, exactly. I, it's something I never thought about, but that I think that's some of the basic charm into roller derby. And we're mm -hmm. definitely going to touch up on that during this episode so i like to begin dominic where are you from <laughs> uh started out in, in columbus ohio mm. and we moved very early i was uh, around three months old my parents you know they didn't get along <laughs> so we moved to chicago which is where my mother's family's from mm. and we lived in little italy mm. and little italy chicago and then moved out a little bit to the suburbs in berwyn and somehow managed to move back to Ohio out of all that. When did you, so, you come back to Ohio? I uh, came back, I think I was eight years old. Okay. You know, so the first eight years I was in Chicago. And then after that, moved back to just south of the suburb of Columbus, Grove City. Okay. And was there for, well, so I was about 19 when I went into the Army. When did you decide that you like to get into announcing I, I think that happened. <laughs> I got out of the military and I was, uh, me and a friend, we were actually managing a bar in Grove City and I started DJing and seeing that effect that it had on people and how you could control uh, the mood and how everybody was and how they felt. And then it actually, uh, when I started working with the county, when I started uh, working there and doing the graduations and the, um, uh, parties and things like that. And maybe even before that with my YouTube channel, uh, with all the talking and going through all of that, you know, I was like, you know, I, I would do the round by rounds. I would watch boxing fights because that's what I initially started in. And I would, um, talk about what was happening during the fights and, and things like that. And then I was like, man, I would love to be the ring announcer, you know, that Michael buffer type of role to be able to go out there and, and address and hype up and get people excited about what was happening. And I think you did a great job with the Gym City Roller Derby. I mean, the action itself is very, you know, intense and it, you know, it gets the fans involved, but I, I think you did a nice job. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's the, you know, that's the biggest thing is to make it exciting to throw in, you know, uh, great references that you think people are going to get. 
<laughs> so so you got to stay up on the older references and the newer references and stuff like that to kind of relate things to and to be able to describe what's actually happening on the track for people so that they have a better under you know understanding obviously of the sport because if you're not around derby when you first see it it can definitely be a little bit confusing um, at least for maybe the first bout or maybe even the second bout when you're watching it I think personally for me, I, I I did a lot of studying up on roller derby before mm-hmm. my first uh, announcing bit, and I think I finally, you know, felt 100% comfortable, like there was like a minute to go in the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, and, and now it's over. Great. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just roller derby is such a great sport, and I wish more people knew about it. Uh, can you tell me mm-hmm. how you got into uh, Gem City Roller Derby? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I had, uh, referencing back to the YouTube and the videos and everything, and I had been announcing our talent shows and stuff at school and all that. My brother-in-law actually went to see a Gem City bout back when they played at the Orbit Fun Center. Mm-hmm. And he came in pretty much immediately after that bout and he ran into the house and he looked at me and he said, dude, you need to be their announcer. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? What's, what's going on here? He goes, no, you've, you've got to, you've got to see it. And I'm like, fine. So they happened to have another bout a month later. So I went and saw the bout and we were sitting in what would be turn two. And I just started announcing or talking about what I was witnessing on the track. Now being from, Chicago, you know, the roller derby was massive there uh, all the way up until the 70s, you know, and then with the gas crisis and all that, it kind of faded away. But I definitely remember watching it and it was massive in Chicago. So I I knew about I kind of knew the rules, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I had that and I did brush up like any good announcer or anybody that's going to do anything you learn about the sport before you announce it and i commend you for that when you did that that was that was awesome so to be able to go out and and do that so i started uh calling that in the corner and then we had i noticed that the people that were at the bout were no longer listening to the announcer that they had but their chairs started turning in a little bit more toward me and we were going through you know all of the stuff and you know i was getting good good feedback and everything like that and they're like wow you we really we kind of understand it more now if that makes sense because it was only me just dabbling with it then so i decided you know what i'm going to contact gem city and i emailed them and outer spacey was the first uh, <laughs> skater that i had actually had any contact with with gem city and they said you know what come on out um We'll give you a tryout. And we'll see how things work out. So I typed up a thing as if I was going through my initial introductions. You know, um, ladies and gentlemen at the time, you know, and we're going through, you know, uh, the Orbit Fun Center and Gem City Roller Derby would like to welcome you. You know, I went through that whole spiel uh, uh, over the loudspeakers. And as I was doing that at the practice, I noticed a lot of the skaters just stopped skating. And they were staring up at the speakers and, and, a, and a couple of them came over and they go, was that you? And I said, yeah, that was me. And they said a couple other names, you know, because it sounded like the voice of this person, you know, 
coming through. And uh, Spacey came over and they were like, yeah, you're going to be our announcer. And that was in July of 2013. So I've been there ever since. Very impressive. I mean, like I mentioned, it was fun working with you. And I did do the research, but I don't know, you know, how well I did. I think mm-hmm. for I think for me, announcing roller derby is a lot different than announcing never sports, just because you're you're almost you're almost broadcasting what's happening. Whereas you know, yes, you do that. Uh, I know someone who did that, and they're no longer allowed, allowed to work there. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, whereas other sports, you're just like you can say the exciting things. Here's substitutions coming in, batting order, everything like that. But with roller derby, it's I think there's a lot more creativity that allows mm-hmm. uh, that you can allow to kind of add to the atmosphere. It, it was uh, it, it was definitely an experience for me, and <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, the the great thing about it is I try to tell people, you know, your your play by play, your color commentary, and you're actually the straight guy. A lot of times, the straight person, the the whole time you're doing it, mm. and it's got to be quick because the pace of Derby is quick. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a sprint. That's what a jam is when they call a jam, which is that two minute time frame that they go around or can skate up to um, that jam is really in reference to a sprint. So everything, the, the, the frenetic pace of it, the fact that the players, the athletes that are on the track are both doing offense and defense. And you want to see that and let people know and draw their attention to certain things. Because a lot of times you'll notice, or I have noticed over the years, people will start focusing on just the jammers, which are the ones with the stars that score the points for the teams flying around and passing people. And they're only watching them, but that's not where the action is. It's really in that pack. And you can see, you know, the, um, Walls being formed, triangles, you know, being set up and everything for defensive things to set up to try and hold back the other team's jammer. You'll see great, um, great blocks that come flying in, just leveling someone. And it's really you want people to see all of that. And if I can direct your attention to that, you can start picking it up faster because it is a fast uh, sport. And if you're not paying attention, you miss so much stuff. Like you mentioned, though, jammers do get the points, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's protecting the jammers in the middle of that pack. So it, it's definitely something that you can't just be focused on one thing. You have to be focused on the entire track. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the, uh, the, the, the big thing about it is, is it's always going on. And, and for them on there as well, because you're constantly playing offense and defense. That's one of the special things about Derby that comes through with everything is that a good defensive play is going to open up their jammer and allow them to get through and pass those other individual, you know, the opposing team members. Mm -hmm. And as they pass those skaters, that's, they're going to be collecting those points and gathering it up, you know, ultimately to win. Take me through what's, a person that's never seen roller derby can expect out of a, a normal home bout with gem city. Uh, well, um, don't watch anything from the seventies. 
okay. <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna have to get back to you know it's it's the uh, when when we're looking at it now it's it's evolved from the bank track. They still have them, but it's a flat track now, so it's not going to be banked. So you're going to come out and you're going to go, oh, this is different than what I thought it might be. So you're going to look and you're going to see the athletes coming on to the track and you're going to going to witness. Uh, I w- <sighs> it's, it's really hard to when you start talking about Derby to break it down real, real easy. But mm. each each team, you know, you're going to see there. And, and it is a team. When I say team, I mean team beyond just a regular. They're they're very connected and they're going to go out. You're going to have the five skaters. The five athletes are going to go out there. Four of them are your blockers. One of them's the jammer, the captain of the defense. I would I would call the pivot, and they're the ones that have the stripe on their head. So when you when you come out there, watch. I would say watch what the pivot is doing because they're going to be constantly communicating with the defense, telling them what to set up, where to move, where to go in order to try and uh, block the other team's jammer. You're going to see. Uh, ridiculous speed because now Gem City is one of the top teams in the world. When when I started, Gem City was ranked uh, like a thousand and nine in the world, and and now they're at the last time I checked, we were at sixty nine. So we're we're up with the elite now, and it you're going to see a crazy fast pace. You're going to see amazing athleticism, and when you know we think about jumping up and down, right? Mm-hmm. But imagine jumping up and down, getting hit in midair and landing. Only you have skates on doing it. <laughs> the, 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 uh, it's, it's mind blowing the athleticism that you would see at one of those bouts. So I would highly recommend anybody when, when Derby does come back, when sports come back, it, it would definitely be something to brush on up on first. So you're not, uh, completely clueless before you go in, but when you go, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of incredible action. You're gonna see great sportsmanship. I mean, you're gonna see uh, the the wonderful family atmosphere, and you can take anybody to any of the any of these bouts, be it your grandmother or your three year old. You know, I have full confidence when you're watching that the sportsmanship is is amazing at those bouts. You mentioning how they jump up and get hit, and I'm just thinking of that concrete floor at the Dayton Convention Center. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, I started hurting just when you said that because I remembered what the convention center floor was like. But well, fact, yeah, and a majority of the bouts are on that um, polished concrete floors, or they might be on a roller derby rink, you know, with the wooden floors if you're lucky. But no matter how you cut it, when you go down you go down and you're going down on that, that hard surface. And like I said, these are conditioned athletes that they take those bumps. You know, they, they've learned how to fall correctly, but unfortunately a lot of times when you take those big hits, you know, you don't get to uh, land exactly how you'd want, but they're able to get up and they, they're able to continue on. And I constantly, I don't try to joke at it or make light, but when I do say, if that happened to me, I would get up, well, I would crawl off, and then I would just go home. I don't think I'm <laughs> lying about that anymore because <laughs> the dedication you have to have, that, that, that heart that you have to have to get up, 
to be able to do that again is very impressive. Yeah, uh, yours truly, uh, I think I'd just be lying there. I, I wouldn't get up. I was like, I, I'm done. Um, but yeah, definitely the uh, how they have to condition themselves. It, it's nothing short of you know strong. It, it's it's amazing how fit you have to be to be a uh, roller derby athlete. Yeah, they um, recently with uh, the Women's Flat Track Derby Association, or I call it WIFDA, but they don't like you to shorten up their name. Yeah, <laughs> but um, with, with them, you know, they recently passed. It used to be twenty-five laps in five minutes mm-hmm. around the track to even qualify to be able to start training, really, to get the hits in and stuff with your teammates. They bumped it up to twenty-seven laps in five minutes, which mm-hmm. is a mile. Wow! So when when they're going around, and it's not just it's not straight. You know, they're going around all of those turns, you know, four turns every lap. So to be able to do that, you're you're humming. You're going you're going at a really good clip. And and to maintain that and the athletic endurance that you have, just to be able to do that, one is incredible. Two, you're doing that in two thirty minute halves in a in a bout or a game, however they want to call it. And and you have to and you're still doing that. So you're looking at basically every bout is a marathon and you're getting hit. You're taking elbows, you know, not, not flagrant. This isn't, you know, fly, although that does happen, Mm. but you know, you're, you're taking those hits that those falls onto the concrete, but you're still getting up and you're still um, doing that. So, you know, running a marathon is great, but, if you're running it and then occasionally get whacked with a ball bat and still able to make it in your time, that'd be, that'd be pretty awesome to see. I think the biggest thing about this too, is these athletes don't get paid. They, they have lives outside roller derby, but yet they're able to come in and they're just, I think that's the most impressive thing about it. Yeah. Well, that is derby. It's uh, skater owned. It's skater driven. They're nonprofit, you know, things it, it runs by the, you know, that old cliche, it's the blood, the sweat, the tears of the volunteers and the skaters themselves. That's what makes Derby successful in that. And that's what creates that true family environment when when you're talking about um, those teams. You know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, the support systems that they have built in uh, for, for everybody and to, to do that to keep it running, to keep it functional, to constantly be looking for places to have your bouts or, you know, to have your games at is, uh, it's, it's a, it's a big effort for everybody. And then you mentioned, uh, yeah, they're not getting paid for this, at least not a majority of the teams, the, the giant teams, like if you're looking at uh, Victoria or if you're looking at the top, top teams like Gotham out of New York, they have big time sponsors that actually sponsor them. So they do get a little bit of pocket change, but nobody's doing it as their full-time job. And we have college professors on the team. We have um, in many individuals that are in the military officers in the military. We have, you know, teachers, we have uh, uh, mothers, you know, at home, you know, we have everybody uh, in those 
on that team. It's great. And like you mentioned, just that's amazing. And also the staff, they're not paid as well. You're, you uh, do it out of the goodness of your heart. Yeah. I, uh, and, and for a time there, I had to have at least one slice of pizza. I think I had <laughs> that in a contract somewhere. <laughs> at the after party, I need at least one slice of pizza. And I'd be having, yeah, exactly. Um, doing it, people would always ask me, well, shouldn't you ask to be paid? And, and a lot of that, and I'm like, yeah, I know I'm devoting a lot of my time to that because in one day I'm showing up an hour to maybe an hour and a half earlier than the bouts are. And sometimes I'm doing two or three bouts in a day. So you're looking at maybe a nine hour day, 10 hour day in there for, for basically nothing, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I wanted, and I don't want to come off as, as uh, conceited or anything like that. I, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to, uh, to announce and to do those things, as you know. Any, anytime a, a team is willing to let you speak for them, it's, a, it's an absolutely awesome thing to have happen. So when I'm going there, I've always wanted to be able to put them in as a professional and, and successful light as I can. So, And I've always felt there's very few people, when, when I'm announcing or, or doing stuff, I think I do an extremely good job at that. I have a <laughs> maybe I have a high opinion of myself, but <laughs> I I really wanted to bring that to to Gem City, and I wanted them to have that to go along with their play. So I think you know professional sound, professional players, you know the whole thing kind of really ties it all together. And that's part of the reason why Gem City was. What did you say in the thousands at one point? Now they're 69th in the country? 69th in the world. In the world. Wow. In the world. You're, um, yeah. It's, uh, it's the fastest growing sport in the world, uh, roller derby. Um, there's over 41 countries actively participating in derby. There's over 1,400 leagues around the world that are doing it. And in fact, it was up to replace one of the wrestling in the 2020 Olympics, but they decided, you know, wrestling was like the original Olympic sport. <laughs> so, yeah. so they're holding, so they're holding off on bringing uh, roller derby in, but it is definitely at the doorstep of actually being a recognized Olympic sport. So we're very, uh, very excited about that. And yeah, when they started off at 1,009, you know, when they were ranked in the thousands, they weren't, you know, it, it takes that dedication, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of teams that, a lot of people that got into Derby a long, a long time ago, when it started coming back in the early 2000s, it was more of that, I don't want to say glitz and glamour kind of look, you know, the fishnet stockings, all the glitter, uh, uh, kind of stuff like that. And it was just like, Oh, we play, we play Derby. And it's like, there was a shift and, um, now you've got the athletes are cross training and they're, they're lifting all the weights and they're doing the, uh, going out and running marathons on the side of, of doing everything. So it's really has, uh, I watched that flip and it really happened 
when it went from the 25 laps to the 27 laps because you had some skaters that were barely making the 25 but definitely weren't going to make the 27 unless they actually dedicated themselves. And that dedication, I think, has elevated what what we're seeing now when we're watching a roller derby game. Let's talk more about Dayton's roller derby team. Mm-hmm. What can you say about the Gem City roller derby family? Oh, it is it is absolutely amazing. It's it, I couldn't think of a better group to be to be around with. You know, it's it's uh you know, it's one of the first that Gem City family, they they do everything for each other. If you, you know, they're they, some of them may go on a nine month injury, you know, mm-hmm. that that's, you know, they get pregnant and have, have a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they go on their nine month injury and they organize uh, a food thing. Who's going to make dinner for them that day, you know, and they plan it out for a couple weeks in that time, you know, and take care of each other. And there's like, if you need any help with anything, you know, they do their own help page for people, you know, they're always checking, um, especially now in these times, you know, checking on each other's mental health and how they're doing with that. I couldn't think of a, a better group of people to be associated with just on a uh, personal or uh, a mental, you know, uh, level with them. They do so much for each other. It's, it's really a, uh, it's a pleasure to do it with them and to be, to be around them, the positivity Like I said, it's a support group, it's a crafting group, a study group, any positive group you can think of, that's Gem City. It sounds like one roller derby family to me. Yeah, absolutely. Not to put you on the spot, but for Mm -hmm. those that don't know anyone on the team, uh, give me some athletes that are, you can argue, some of the biggest names for Gem City. For Gem City? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, supersonic lexical dexterity or LD mm-hmm. <laughs> outer spacey uh, Archangel Anarchy uh, Doity Die Blitzkrieg Bex Tara Holenew, Honey Basher Florida Man Beast Mode Wait, wait, Hot wait. Wheels. Did you what? say Florida Man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I when, when that happened, I, I was just like, oh, I get to say, oh, and there goes Florida man just flying out of bounds you know, or something like that. <laughs> uh, Florida man getting another penalty needs to get their life together. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You, you said Florida man. I'm not just I'm not yeah, tripping. <laughs> that's great. I definitely. I definitely said Florida man. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but oh, I, no, I no, heard Florida yeah. man's like, wait, what? Well, that's the thing. You know, we're, we're talking about. um you had mentioned earlier, you're talking about names and all those unique names that you were bringing up, you know, that are a part of the Derby, you know, and yeah, you get to see some of those great ones, you know, I mean like hot wheels, Houlihan, you know, that's instead a of hot lips, you know, they got these, yeah, exactly. Heartless glitch, uh, harrowing banshee, you know, a uh, Dahmer doll off of, and a uh, slayer cub, Genghis, shyster, so many awesome names that murder made. You know, Debonatrix, you know, you start thinking these are all uh, Gem City skaters, by the way. Mm. <laughs> so uh, 
I think there was one I remember from the bout I did. I'll be back. Was that one? I'll be back. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. She's uh, with with uh, Gem City. Yep. Great, great person. How about some yeah. name? How about some names off the track? I mean, I mentioned yours is the big ragu, mm-hmm. and you uh, shared yeah. the story. But uh, the refs, I think, have names. I think the cameraman has a name. Oh, you um, have like Snack Attack. You have um, B Naughty. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have um, uh, some of the other. Uh, uh, we used to have one. It was Karma Zabi. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say the whole name. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back to those names where you only want to say half of them. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there, uh, Will Tweeten is another one I really enjoyed there. Um, Stray Taco. <laughs> there, it's just some that you just shake your head at. Uh, 50 Shades of Cray, I believe, is another one. <laughs> really cool. I like that one. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, just great. Great names. My um, my derby name was Loudmouth O'Fallon, and I, I picked that just because it's the closest. See, I wanted to get in the spirit of roller derby where everyone Absolutely. had a really cool name, but I couldn't really think of anything. Then I just, you know, start thinking Fallon kind of rhymes with my last name. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think I did that because I used my middle initial and everything. Uh, Loudmouth, because yeah, I'm kind of a loud mouth. <laughs> So I I do a lot with my voice, so that's why I kind of picked it. It's not the most clever, and it's not the most creative by any means, but uh, I was proud of it. I was like, yay. Oh, no, I I enjoyed it very much. And, well, if we're we're honest, you know, there's – when you hear the big ragu, there's a lot of people out there that try to have that moniker, you know, Mm -hmm. that that go around and they say it. I think there's another guy in Dayton that actually has been going by the big ragu for – since the – early 2000s or something like that but hmm. he's he's a local guy he eats a lot of food or something and critiques food and things like that and goes to restaurants and i'm eventually going to challenge him to a uh, meatball cook-off and we'll Ooh. see whose balls are better and then and then <laughs> you just when i win the podcast and then when i win you know uh. you know when my my meatballs are the best you know he'll know that better be live streamed. If you need a if you need a broadcaster for the meatball cook off, I'm your man. That's what I'm talking about right there. We <laughs> need to set that up. <laughs> you mentioned your YouTube channel. I mean, nowadays you can stream live on YouTube and you know, you can yeah. if you get a really nice setup, that'd be really fun. Yeah, that's uh something I've uh been thinking about doing. I've recently uh just started getting back into it. I, I probably haven't put put out a video in a month though. But I was trying to get back into doing, you know, some of the upcoming fights that are happening mm-hmm. and stuff. And like I said, at one time, I think I still am a, a YouTube partner, a Google partner, mm-hmm. because I've got a little over 4,000 subscribers to it. So at one time, I was doing pretty well with it. And um, it let me go to the University of Chicago, you know, to um, write about the fights that were happening there and, and things like that. So. And yeah, getting up to the new speed of, of things with that, I'm looking forward to. I would like to, you know, kind of do similar to what you're doing with the podcasts mm-hmm. and getting people on talking about things and just going over stuff. So, yeah, I think uh, I think you'd be a great podcaster. I mean, 
for me, I was all I started this mainly because I I wanted more local sports talk, and yeah, I, I just yeah, I, I that's kind of why I did it, and yeah, I, I, podcasting is a lot of fun. I mean, uh, especially during the quarantine, I've talked to so many great people and learned their stories, and I I, I love it. There's uh, I can't pick a favorite interview because all of them have been great. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, you've been doing this now, what is it, three seasons? Yeah. Uh, and 170 episodes? This is 170, and uh, yeah. when, Wednesday, it's uh, three years that I've done the podcast, and I kicked myself just because I could have done this podcast a long time ago, but I never did. So, but Well, yeah, I've had, uh, <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of the people commenting on my videos on YouTube, and they, they'll say things like, why aren't you doing a podcast? I'm like, uh, people want to listen to me. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, it's always that again, you know, you, you don't want to be like, Oh yeah, the people are definitely going to listen to me. You know, it's, it's just that when you're talking about stuff and you're talking about Dayton sports, something that should be talked about around this area, you know, that's a, that's a great thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried picking out something that, not everyone's going to do. I mean, there's tons of Cincinnati sports podcasts, but there's tons. there's not really one that talks about Dayton. And since I cover the two areas, there you go. So, Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I finally got started with uh, Cincinnati uh, people interviews during the quarantine. But yeah, I just I always thought Dayton sports were weren't talked about as much and. Yeah, that's kind of why I did it. But mm-hmm. I definitely listen to your podcast. Awesome, man. So, awesome. So get to it. You're right. Get to it right now. No, actually not right now. We're doing an interview. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll wait until after this. I'll get with you and we'll you'll help me. Absolutely. I uh, hope. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the best I can. <laughs> awesome. So let's get back to other uh, names. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the what are some of your favorite names that you gotten to announce that aren't necessarily for Gem City, but just any foe, anyone you can remember mm-hmm. that always puts a smile on your face? Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime I get to say anything that ends in boom, so mm-hmm. like deja boom, deja boom, you know, yeah. and you can get that echoing thing over mm-hmm. everything. Um, there's a skater for Ohio called uh, Sarah Problem Officer. <laughs> I love that. You oh, know, that's just, great. Just, you know, uh, Flux Decapitator. Uh, Slamuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, you have like Lady Trample, obviously Scald Eagle, mm. you know, some of the big names of Rosie Peacock, mm. you know, Optimus Grime, that's mm. a men's, men's skater, uh, Mona Lot. <laughs> I know. I know, but it's just for me, you know, harrowing banshee. I love those uh, uh, names that make you think a little bit, but once you've got it, you've got it, you know, kind of deal. Mm. Now, so who are some of the teams that Gem City battles? Uh, it, uh, well, every season it, it might change a little bit, but recently um, Gem City's played against Ohio, mm-hmm. Ohio Roller Derby, played against Cincinnati. Roller Derby beat both of them. So, you know, Gem City is the number one team in Ohio, in my opinion, hey. for right now, you know. I, um, I I did wonder if Gem City uh, battled with the Black 
Placer's the black sheep. The uh, yeah, for uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, I I <laughs> should know this. They follow me on Twitter. So it was a really uh, you know there things happen. You know there might have been a falling out there a long long time ago, mm. but so long ago that pretty much anybody that was involved in whatever. I don't know what it was. I just know that they weren't playing each other. And I said, why are they, you know, why is this not happening? We're only 40 minutes away, 50 minutes away. This should be a no brainer, you know, almost like a, why don't we have a home and home type of thing every season? You know, that could be two bouts right there. And then with Ohio, well, the problem was, is uh, I, I guess, you know, with the way the ranking systems are, it didn't it didn't make sense to have them playing because they were they were down so low in the rankings so it actually hurt ohio or cincinnati to actually play them so they would have had to beat gem city by like 500 points in order to gain any rankings with the way the uh women's flat track does their scoring so once gem city stepped up and it got a little closer in rankings then it made it more feasible for them to actually play. So that really drives a lot of the scheduling anymore. As Gem City climbs up, there's a team over in Toronto mm-hmm. that they'll play. So they'll come down. I think it's Queen City mm-hmm. from Toronto. There's um, obviously Ohio, Cincinnati. Akron's team is starting to step up a little bit. So we could see a little more action with that. So. As far as uh, Derby City, which is down in uh, Kentucky, mm. go figure, right? Derby City, you well, know, it's a great, great, yeah. great announcers there. I love, I loved uh, announcing down there, and that was a big turnaround for Gem City with that win. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think, think I got it. I think Richmond still has the Dire Skates, if I remember right. Yes, yes, Dire Skates is there. Um, you have like the. Yeah, you've got teams all over that place, you know. Um, and then you have in Michigan, you got like the Battle Creek Serial Killers. Obviously, Detroit has a huge, uh, huge team there, very highly ranked. So high, they're probably not really going to play us for a while. Naptown, which is in um, Indiana, Indianapolis, um, really good skaters there. You have uh, Central Ohio Roller Derby Cord. You've got uh, Glass City. I mean, there were so many uh, teams that we used to play that we don't play as often now because as we've moved up in the rankings, the higher you get, the harder it is really to schedule like a sanctioned bout with someone. And you need to have at least five of those a season in order to maintain your ranking. So we've had to expand just a little bit wider, you know, Garden State, which is uh, New Jersey, you know, so there's been some traveling going on now where gem city will go to uh, Wisconsin for a tournament, you know, in order to get those bouts in against sanctioned teams that are high enough to either move us up really good, or we don't get knocked down that much if we do lose kind of deal. Now, let me ask you about Mm -hmm. your favorite bouts that you've got to announce. Mm-hmm. Give me some of your favorite moments or favorite memories while announcing with Gem City. Uh, I think the first 
one was probably the first bout I ever really announced for Gem City. That was the Battle Creek Serial Killers oh so long ago. <laughs> and uh, uh, DATV was actually there to film the bout. They taped two extra microphones onto my microphone. And I'm like, this is my first bout ever. <laughs> so, you know, that was it was kind of like, a, oh, wow, I'm really on the spot. I need to make sure I get this right. And it's my first bout. <laughs> the second uh, bout that really came to mind was I had just mentioned earlier with Derby City. And Derby City had previously beat Gem City by, I don't know, 300 points or something like that a season prior. But there was like this commitment, like Gem City said, this is it. We're going to start meeting extra. We're going to train extra days. We're going to practice more than we ever have before. And I saw this crazy change, and I was like, I'm going down to Derby City with you guys. Went down there. I was lucky enough to be able to announce the bout with their announcers, and Gem City pulled that off. And that was like, at the time, that was the biggest win for Gem City in their, in their, uh, in their history. And that was absolutely amazing to be a part of that. Later that season... Gem City went and did the River Valley Riot down in St. Clairsville, Ohio, mm-hmm. and they won. It was the first tournament Gem City had been entered in, and they won. And I got to, and it was the first tournament I ever got to announce in. And I was so geeked to even just be able to announce. And their head announcer said, "I'm going to let you announce every bout Gem City's in." So I got to announce their first, obviously their first bout, the semifinal bout, and then the championship bout. So I'm like, wow, you know, I, I, I just love that, that tournament and them winning. And that was like probably one of my biggest, my, one of my favorite memories of announcing for uh, Gem City. And then obviously Gem City goes to Ohio on Ohio's home turf just this past season. And I get to announce, and I had announced previously for Ohio for like a, a season in the past. So to be able to be there and know everybody, but know the, the gravity of that game and how huge it was and to be able to call that game and, and for gem city to win that, that bout was, uh, it was like mind blowing. It was, it was so, I was so geeked to be able to be a part of that and to share that experience with those athletes for all the, all the work that they've done for it to actually really, um, show up and pay off like that. So that was probably those, those are like the top three or maybe four bouts that I that I can remember that I just loved. Now, why are some of your favorite venues you got to announce from? <laughs> uh, well, I mean the the Hair Arena. Nothing will beat. You know, I, I have really have a soft spot for you know Hair Arena, the Ball Arena. When I was in there, you know, because that's kind of like where I started, and and doing that, I really enjoyed that. I I liked announcing. Uh, there's there's a couple places. Um, trying to think of right now that that I that I've been to the Dayton Convention Center. If I haven't already mentioned that, that's a really nice place. But it, uh, I don't know. It can seem a little cold, you know, with, with yeah. the um, because you're so spread out. Because it's such a massive area, you know, I like, you know, the walls to be just a little bit closer, you know, to keep that sound, to keep that so things don't get lost in the in there, you know. But I, I still like it. Don't get me wrong. You know, um, I'd probably say that's that's some of the best. And 
you know, the circle, when you go to Ohio, uh, Ohio state fair, the fairgrounds there, mm-hmm. and they're in that, uh, the circular building that's, that's in there. And like what that iconic circular building there and, and announcing in there with like Kent Smith, you know, who's, <laughs> who's, a, who's a, uh, an Ohio representative elected official. <laughs> and I get to, you know, announcing there, um, I really enjoyed uh, that place as well. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Hare Arena. I, of course, I have a soft spot with it because the last mm-hmm. two hockey teams in town played there, and I was their broadcaster. <sighs> and I think um, Gem City had bouts during uh, some demons and maybe even a demolition game here or there. It oh, was, uh, yep. And I, th- I think, pretty sure it was demons. Where I think demons and Gem City uh, tried. You know, where you come to the bout and then stay for hockey. Yep. Yeah, we were, yeah, cross promotion. Me and Bones used to hang out, man. Yeah, Bones. (laughs) Bones would show up at our bouts and everything, and it was just a great thing. I really enjoyed them having the the hockey there and everything. And I I think that's probably one of the things, you know, I miss with, with Dayton right now is, you know, we had, when you talk about the hockey, but we also had the arena football as well. Yeah. With the, you know, the silverbacks. And then I forget what the other team was, was that the, what, who was after the silverbacks sharks. I was their voice for both seasons. And I, a long time ago, I played for, uh, the Columbus sharks Hmm. semi-pro football league, but man, that was a long time ago. (laughs) It, it's funny you mentioned indoor football because I, I miss broadcasting it. That was a lot mm-hmm. of fun to call. I mean, the first year was yeah. more successful, but yeah, I can, I can tell you this. Great quarterback. Oh, yeah. Um, Tommy Smith, I think. First name was Tommy. I know that, mm-hmm. but he was from Eaton and he uh, played his college ball in Indiana. So that was, yeah. hey, I know, I know where you're from. I live near there. <laughs> <laughs> so that always made me happy. But, uh, yeah, it's sad to think that a Hair Arena is in the state that it's in. It's never going to be mm-hmm. what it was, and two, who knows if we ever get any new arena like that? I personally hope we do, but yeah, know. that's the you know that's the big hope, right? Because when if we're talking Dayton sports and around that area, we've got to have that type of arena. Now I know we have like uh, is it Trent Arena? Yeah, there's the Trent Arena and Kettering, which and I Kettering. mean, I, they're never going to put in hockey there. That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So it's it's like you really need. I mean, that's a such a great sport to have, you know, to to have people come to and to be around. And if you're if you got hockey, you can do the, uh, you know, the uh, the football and, and all that as well, and just so much so much other things. I mean, Hera brought so much to the community with that, you know, yeah. to see, see that, uh, go away was a real, real shame. It was, it's, it's still heartbreaking. I mean, I don't know how, if you've been catching up with hair arena, but just it's, it's bad. The tornadoes certainly didn't help, but yeah. just it's, it's really bad. And it, it huh. breaks my heart. I mean, we could look up and see 1987 written on some of the ceiling tiles. So, <laughs> you know, that was, that that gave the character. It gave a character. Absolutely. I I wonder if the Dayton Demons uh, championship ceiling tile is still in the pub because all of us signed it <laughs> after the cup came home, and 
the demons were in Danbury for game five and I was broadcasting mm-hmm. a Sharks game and I can just remember that's the quickest I ever packed up my broadcasting gear and I went down to the pub and it was like nine to two Dayton and it's like we're gonna yeah. win the cup it was that was a great night that was a was, great night yeah that, that was the thing you know Dayton was really getting on the, now we have the Dayton Dragons yep you know, that's a that's a great thing when we're talking about the Dayton uh, sports and stuff in that stadium, that fifth third field. They still calling it fifth third field? Day Air Paul Park. I it's it's weird. So it's it it's it's kinda like, you know, being from Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, it's the Sears Tower. I don't care what they call it now. Mm-hmm. I'm always gonna call it the Sears Tower. I can look at the new name, but I'll probably always call it the Sears Tower. You know. I- that's that's a solid point. It, it was fifth third field for twenty years. It's for twenty years. Yeah. I mean, you know that that it, I didn't believe people when they told me they were like, "No, you got to go to a Dayton Dragons game. It's a single A ball club." I said, "It's a single A ball club." Mm-hmm. I said, "Single A ball club." I said, "Okay, fine." And I went out there, and the fans there are some of the best fans I've ever seen at any sporting event that I've ever been to, and it was it's absolutely awesome the interaction they have with the crowds everything they they do there it makes you want to go again it's reasonably priced it's not too hard to find parking Mm. and say it was easy i just said it wasn't too hard yeah i mean (laughs) you have to get there pretty pretty early early. if you don't want to pay that's right exactly if you don't want to pay you got to get there a little early but that's the fun of finding a spot you know so you don't have to pay so you won there say 10 bucks and you get to go in and, and spend that on a thing of nachos. So. Yeah. I mean, what always impresses me with the Dragons is just how, how, how much they stand with their customer service slogan. And mm-hmm. it, it's always amazing how well the Dragons do. And they're on the lowest part of the minor league baseball chain, low mm-hmm. A. Whereas, you know, they've they beaten teams for their uh, sellout streak that are in the professionals. I mean, Portland Trailblazers, Boston Red Sox. Um, yeah, they got the record, right? Yep. I mean, they've, they've sold out over 10,000 games in a row or something like that. And then, and even when you show up, you while you know those tickets were just purchased, they actually do have quite a few fans in the stands at every game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's not like those fake, fake sellouts that you see in – half the stand is open. I mean, when you go there, uh, you better not show up late thinking you're going to get a really good seat because that's not happening. Exactly. It's, uh, it's amazing. We have this in our backyard and I think, uh, if someone wanted to invest in a team in Dayton, Ohio, I mean, if you, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say follow exactly what the dragons are doing, but if you go by that same principle, there's no reason you can't have success in Dayton. No, none at all. And I think it's really just getting people out there, getting to see the stuff. And that's, you know, like with, and I always turn it back to Derby. I have, I've had uh, friends, you know, that, you know, I'm always trying to get people to come out to the bouts mm-hmm. and they're like, really women's sports. I said, you need to get that and take that completely out of your head. Because mm-hmm. when you see how athletic, how fast, how hard the hits can be, you know, the, 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 the skill that you have to have to do the stuff that they do, like jumping the apex when they're jumping a, a, a corner 
and they're in the air and they're flying through the air seven, eight, nine feet. And they're upwards of almost three feet high off of skates, you know, and you see this happen and you're just like, oh, my, this could make any highlight reel that you ever see, you know, and and to try and get people out there to support, you know, and get it, get out of the mind that it's uh, women's athletics. It's athletics. Bottom line. That's that's all it is, is they're they're every bit. You know, I look at them and go. If you went and saw a baseball game, you saw less athleticism at a baseball game than you would if you saw a derby. Yeah, I if mean, you saw, you know, it's just that—that's that, one thing I can't stand when people say, "Oh, it's just women's sports." Women can play sports too. I mean, oh. it's not just the volleyball shorts or anything. Women play sports, and they're damn good at sports. You know, I—I I love. 100%. I I love announcing. It doesn't matter what sport it is, and. I hope one day Ohio is strong enough that they can have girls ice hockey. But problem is, there's mm-hmm. not too many schools that have ice hockey full stop. So that might not be happening. But have you been mm-hmm. following along with girls wrestling? I mean, yeah, the- I've I've seen where it's it's slowly starting to take take hold, slowly starting to build. Much like you know any of the sports, when you look at um, uh, women's Olympic boxing, didn't really happen until I think it was 2012. Mm-hmm. Was it, you know, so that that's just started coming up women's MMA. When you watch that, that's uh, just started coming up, you know, the final finally realizing, hey, they can compete. You know, this isn't you know, there's there shouldn't be a, a, a box that anyone fits in. If you want to do it, do it, you know, especially when it comes to anything athletic. I mean, to to think that a. a you know, a high school athlete couldn't wrestle, you know, that's, you know, you know, it's like the only thing I could ever think of, you know, is again, you know, you always try and go with, uh, stereotypes, you know, and they, and they want to try and follow a mold that's been set, but, you know, women have been breaking that mold over and over and over again. And it's a great thing to see. And I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I think that they should have more of a, more of that availability and stuff if they want to do it. I I totally agree. I mean, I I could also mention going back to ice hockey and high mm-hmm. school level. Uh, there were some mm-hmm. teams from, well, Centerville had a, a female forward and she did fine. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I think it was her first year skating, and you know she got comfortable as the season yeah. went on. So yeah. I definitely admire her for that. Uh, there was a I forget which Columbus team had a female defender but she was she was well deserving of the first pairing for defenders so definitely mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun to watch there was a female goalie she didn't get to play in the game i got to broadcast uh, for springboro but she was there uh, that's really cool but yeah i mean i i get tired of the old trope of oh, women huh, go in the kitchen make me a sandwich huh? no women can play sports and you know what I enjoy announcing or broadcasting or talking about any sport, and I, I don't care who plays it. Any anything, especially when you're talking sports, physical, it's going to be awesome. Mm. Watch it, you know. Absolutely. And, and when they're when they're doing stuff, I I look at it, and they're on my best day. Some of the things that they're doing out there, I couldn't do. You know, I tried to skate backwards. I was not good at it. It's <laughs> terrible. 
you know, and, I, and they can they can skate backwards, skate around people, get hit while doing it, still not fall down, pirouette off of a hit, you know, take absorb that uh, energy and spin out of it, and then turn around and fly around that track. And they're doing this at eight, nine, ten, twelve, fifteen miles an hour, sometimes faster. Whew. Dominic, I can't skate forward, so you know they have me beat there. <laughs> I, uh, I I tried it once, and that's uh, that's all I'm good for for a lifetime. <laughs> Never have to try that again. But I'd like to I like to ask another question before I get into this topic. It's something that sure. um, you and I definitely talked about. But first off, do you see sports returning anytime soon? Mm. Uh, this year, I would probably say no. I mean, we look at the, uh, I mean, the high school sports, they're kind of trying, but, you know, and there's some college leagues already that have just said, yeah, it's not going to happen. I think the big, big 10 has are already moved to, they're just going to do in conference games. So, yeah, I saw that. Um, there's a division three school, uh, Kenyon in, uh, Mm -hmm. Northeast Ohio. They said no sports. I mean, Sinclair, when this first started, they said no sports at all until 2021-22. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're just being smart, you're being uh, – I, I would rather be over-precautious on some things than to not be as – you know what I mean? I would yep. rather have to go, oh, well, we didn't have to be that preventative as opposed to we should have been more preventative. Because, I mean, yeah, we're looking at a very short window if we're talking high school or college you know, for their uh, careers, you know, in, in that in that sport and stuff. But at the same time, you know, you want to keep your health. And we don't, this, this uh, with the coronavirus and everything, it's too new for us to really know all the details, uh, what are lasting effects, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's just too new and it's something I wouldn't want to risk on, on them. And especially when you're talking about, now if it's golf, yeah, okay, you could probably get away with golf, you know, because, you can spread out, you can socially distance, you can do things like that. Tennis, you know, you know, there's some sports, even like baseball and stuff, you can spread out. You don't have to be next to each other, except when the guy finally does get on first base and you're trying to get him out, you know, yeah. <laughs> and a catcher. But, you know, when, when you're looking at football and those guys are breathing heavy two feet from each other, just sucking in each other's breaths mm-hmm. for for. for for an extended period of time, you know, a couple hours, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. And I think if anything, they might move stuff to the spring, you know, to see how this, you know, how it reacts with the flu season that's going to be coming up in a couple months and go with it. I, I think a lot of people are pretty much writing 2020 off and looking forward to, uh, 21. You know, MLS is currently uh, trying out their MLS's back tournament in Florida, and I I worry about that just because you see the numbers in Florida and how mm. far they're spiking <laughs> up. I mean, I was pretty happy FC Cincinnati won this morning, but at the same yeah. time, it's like I always worry. I mean, you're in Orlando, Florida, and mm-hmm. uh, it just it worries me on that. Baseball's going to have a go in how many days is it now? Eight? Yeah, or seven days until first pitch. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna give a small. What is it? Forty two games. Sixty. Forty two. Sixty. Yeah. Okay. They're so going... they're gonna do the forty something between the 
the teams in their division, and then and then an extra. Uh, what would that be? Eighteen. Uh, be 18. they would play against uh, interleague foes, which that means we only get four uh, Cleveland Cincinnati games. But what can you yeah. do? Yeah, I mean, you just got to take what you got. But you were mentioning um, about the social distancing. The big thing is press rows. You can't really social distance unless you have like this ginormous press box. But most places don't. I mean, no, they like to cram forty-two people in a thirty-eight square foot room and have you go at it. I mean, when I went to College of Wright States at Alumni Field, the soccer pitch, uh, their old press box could comfortably fit two. And nowadays, <laughs> they have this brand new press box, which, yeah, you can spread out a little bit, but it, mm-hmm. it gets tough, because you have your ESPN Plus set up on the right, and that takes up yeah. about half. And then in the other half, you have Statistician, you have the uh, scoreboard op, and you have uh, marketing there to make sure everything runs well. Then you have the PA announcer. In a right state, that would be me. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's something that isn't talked about much. I mean, of course, we're worried about the athletes, but also mm-hmm. the people that work sports. I mean, I I I worry about it. I mean, it's it's my livelihood, and I like see sports back, but I don't want to see people. I don't want to see people risk their lives mm-hmm. for something like this. I mean, I, I I'm kind of stuck in a pickle, is what I'm saying. It's uh, absolutely. It, it's a little bit tough. Well, that, that's as you mentioned it, and some people might be like, "Well, you're not playing. What are you doing?" It's like, well, I'm literally talking mm-hmm. for hours in a mm-hmm. row. And if anybody's near me, you know, it's not necessarily what it will do to you. It's how much of it you get. It's a load uh, load variable. The more you are exposed to it, the worse it's going to be for you. You know, and so my- it's like one of those, if you got somebody right next to you and you guys are staring at each other, talking back and forth like we did, you know, about, you know, one bout, we're there within – uh, two feet of each other for over two hours. Mm. So, you know, that that's a high uh, transmission factor there, unless we're both wearing masks and kind of looking away from each other. So we're not directly blowing on each other, you know, kind of yeah. deal, you know, so it, it really is hard. Now I, I would get lucky enough. I could sit at one end of a table and snarl it, Who's Snarlet Fever now? She changed her name. Oh. So it's Snarlet Fever, my uh, co-announcer now. She mm. can sit on the other end of the table, and we would be six feet apart and be able to, to do it that way. So we, we would be okay. But as far as people in the stands, you know, in the seats and stuff, we might be able to do six feet kind of deal. But the teams, you know, they're all going to be right next to each other because you're usually limited on, you know, where the teams can sit. And stuff. So, yeah, but it definitely going to be hard on the uh, on on like you had just mentioned with the announcers, with with the statisticians, with the you're talking about ESPN Plus. You know, I, I guess you could say, hey, could you guys not be as good? So then ESPN <laughs> Plus won't be here. You know, well, it's are getting too good, man. ESPN's coming down. They're going to take up five spots. Well, it's uh, it's just uh, internal uh, streaming. It, it's kind of like mm-hmm. you stream to the platform. It, so it's yeah. kind of like just right state zone equipment. Another yeah. another point is, uh, um, I like I mentioned, I I don't want unnecessarily 
you know, riskiness, but mm-hmm. I kind of want high school football back so I can broadcast that. I mean, absolutely. At at Loveland High School, um, where the broadcasters aren't six feet apart, and that'd be very difficult just because of all the equipment we would have. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's. I worry more about the folks in the press box, and that's you know, I, I shouldn't say I worry more about that. I just mean you know, social distancing yeah. and press rows is pretty much impossible. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all it's all jammed in there. I mean, we we see it. If you've ever been to been to a high school game, you look up, it's that little teeny box and there's eight or nine people all straight across it. It's it's filled, you know, and it's hard to move around even in them because it's not like they're super deep or anything, you know. Yeah, I I can mention a couple of press boxes I think would be okay. I mean, Welcome Stadium mm-hmm. where Dayton City League plays. Oh, yeah. That's that's got plenty of room. Uh Kings High School Centerville, Centerville yeah. Pretty that, good. that would be okay. I, mm-hmm. I think that'd be possible. Uh Kings, uh I was there with Loveland last year. That's a pretty big box. Um trying to think what else I can bring to the conversation here. Withrow really didn't have a press box. It's you ever been to Withrow's football stadium? No, I haven't. Huh? It's it's really nice. It looks like an old university field. I mean, concrete oh. seating. It's it's really nice, and I, I'm I'm a little sad that we don't get to play Withrow anymore. But you know, uh, yeah, that's my whole point. Is I I hope sports are back, but I I don't know. Be safe. It's a year, you know. Yeah. If if things go well, the more we learn about it and stuff like that, and the better we can. Um, again, it's, it's, it's better to be preventative than to be reactive, you know, mm. better to be proactive than reactive, you know, kind of deal. It's, we'll make it, you know, I'll find something to talk about. If I have to look at the birds that fly in and see which one comes in first and <laughs> who's going to get to the berry, you know, I like, Cardinal. I like that idea. Now, continuing with that last question, uh, with Roller Derby, with Gem City Roller Derby, mm-hmm. there is a competitive season, but there's also a recreational season, which I don't know. Yes. I don't know if any other team has that, but do you see that returning? Because that's normally, what is that, September to about February? Yeah, they usually have, uh, they'll have uh, four bouts, so it'll be... Uh, they'll do it September, October, November, and then uh, have a championship out in December sometimes, you know. So I don't know if that's going to happen because we have to see what the restrictions are for like they're up at the skate world of Vandalia mm-hmm. and and they were also down by the um, uh, the sportsplex. I believe it's the sportsplex down there by uh, Austin Landing. Ah, uh, South Metro. That's my winter. That's my winter home with Centerville and Springboro hockey. And I, all I, right. I okay. remember seeing that. It's like, yay! You're all down in my neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I know they do it there. So we'll just have to see how that's going to be for how many people you can have there. Because again, like we, you know, we talked about earlier, it's it's run by the skaters. It's mm. skater owned. It's skater driven. So. If we can only have a certain amount of people in the stands, uh, you're going to lose a lot of money because you got to rent that place out. Yep. So and there's a certain amount you have to have to have in there to even just break even. So. And it, it's it's like mm-hmm. that big um, 
the big battle in the OHSAA. I mean, they they live and die by the gate by football. Mm-hmm. That's the most popular sport, and that brings in the Absolutely. most money. And yeah, I think if football didn't in Ohio, then there's probably no conversation. We'll we'll talk about winter sports, but yeah, it's if you if you live and die by the gate, then it's going to be very very tough to you know. Absolutely, and foot, football drives those. Uh, football drives the sports in in the school anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about the the live gate there at Centerville, they're pulling in five six thousand fans. It seems you know, and when you're looking at ten bucks a ticket or whatever they're charging, because I, I definitely know it's jumped up from when I used to pay. You know, <laughs> when, when I was, a lot of the sport. When I was in high school, it was six at Valley View. I don't know if yeah. that's really changed. I think it might have by a couple bucks, but I guess it just yeah. really depends what school you're at. Right, but so. like you're saying, I mean, you know, if it's ten bucks a ticket, they're pulling in fifty thousand off the gate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing. And if you can get five or six, maybe seven home games, you know, and only play a couple away, you know, you can get lucky like that. I think it's probably five and five, though, isn't it? With high school, yeah, you'll see five and home, five away. Sometimes you'll see six and four or four and six, yeah, uh, a home and away. But it, mm-hmm. it, it's normally like that. Yeah. So, so you go to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for your sports program. Mm. You know that's that's a pretty good thing. And then you got to think concessions mm. and all the other stuff that they're going to bring in. You know, and and they you know they have deals with the local pizza companies. You know that are. Uh, pizza restaurants and stuff that are around and you know oh you'd hate to see it happen because there's going to be a lot of a lot of money just lost locally as well yep from that happening too now it's time to get into this topic uh you and i Uh-oh. have talked a lot i'm we're not going to argue on that um <laughs> So you know about uh, the Anderson Redskins changing the name in Cincinnati. You also yeah. probably know about the Washington Redskins retiring the name. Um, mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that? I think it was a long time coming. It should have happened sooner. There's a lot of animals out there that you can name your teams after instead of people. And, and Go ahead. And I also think there's a lot more people names you can use. I, I didn't realize – I'll be honest, I didn't realize the – Redskins name was that offensive, but I oh, yeah. I never would have known. So yeah, when you when you go out and actually do research on it and stuff like that, and you realize I, I've been calling Washington the Washington racial slurs for a, a few years now, you know, and people are like, "Why are you saying that?" I'm like, "It's it's what it is," you know. It's like anything, you know. Uh, with, with that, it was not a term of endearment by no means, yeah. and when Miami. When Miami University changed their name to the Red Hawks, right? Yep. That was a time where any school in Ohio, you know, I mean, Miami was a university before Florida was a state. Yep, yep. So if they're if they're willing to change their name and to change all that branding, you know, they did it, you know, they did it longer and they, and they were quick to do it. You know, they were ahead of the game, I guess you could say. And... For, for other schools to say, no, we want to keep it, and they kind of claim tradition and things like that, I, I don't think you can do that, especially if you have you know Native Americans that are saying, hey, this is offensive. I think they have the final say. 
<laughs> yeah, I I definitely agree on that. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you look at it now, Miami was really ahead of the curve in '97. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're 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 pulling this stuff out there 23 years ahead of their time in a sense when it comes to this. And you had when he when he talked about the uh, Anderson there, mm. and then finally having to change your name. You know, yeah, I was quick to throw. I was like, well. They could be the alligators. They could be the armadillos. They could be the uh, I don't know assassins or something. You know, <laughs> I, I don't whatever. know if assassins would flow too well with yeah, high school sports. Not. But I, hey, I was thinking I was thinking pro sports maybe. There's but, there's you know. <laughs> there's creative names you threw out there. There's, there's a ton of them that you could just think of, right? Mm-hmm. And there, how many teams out there use tiger as their thing, right? You mm-hmm. know, we could name off like uh, or. And then you have a lot of them. Now, Warriors might even come into play as because of the with the way their marketing is or the way their emblem is might might fall. They might get in trouble for that, too. We'll have to see how that goes down the line. But, you know, there there are a lot of uh, names that are out there that it's just like just pick an animal. Nobody's going to be mad if you're if you're a gopher, man, you know, just do it. And I still think that there's plenty of people names you can use like flyers that's not going to be flyers really. is fantastic that's the, that's not um, offensive the red tails yeah they, i love uh, that they brought up i thought that was an absolute fantastic name for uh for washington to do for the tuskegee airmen and all that stuff i mean how how more fitting or, or honoring would that be you want to talk about honoring something mm-hmm. that would be a great thing you Absolutely. know um, so, I mean, they could call themselves the pigskins, you know, because yeah. the Washington, because they were talked about their offensive line being the hogs for all those years. And guys are going out with the, the noses on their faces. And the footballs, you know, used to be called pigskins. It was made with the pig bladder a long time ago. You know, do that. Be the pigskins. I've seen a couple articles, or I saw a couple articles that are saying Washington's more than likely picking the Warriors. And, like, well... You're going with, from one thing to another. Yeah, it's just with this with this wave of change. Do you see that you know other Native American names kind of going by the wayside, or well, Cleveland's looking at changing their name. The Cleveland yeah. Indians, they're looking at uh, changing that. I believe the Chicago Blackhawks actually got permission from the Blackhawk tribe. You know, the Blackhawk tribe members mm-hmm. in order to have that name. Yep. So. That was another thing, too, that I had always said, you know, if if you were naming yourselves like the Fighting Sioux or mm-hmm. something like that, whatever it is, if you had their blessing, if they said, yes, we're we're OK with this, by all means, use our name, the Iroquois, whatever they wanted, you know, Blackfoot, you know, there's uh, that was uh, I believe they were in Ohio at the time. You know, so you have all these different names that you could do. If you had permission from those specific people, you might be able to. But there's so many other things you could name your team. Why even tap dance around that? Step completely away from that and and go for something that is, you know, I guess unoffensive as possible. One uh, use that I like uh, the Peoria chiefs. They play the Dayton dragons uh, once mm-hmm. a year. Uh, it used to be an Indian uh, style logo, but nowadays uh-huh. it's a fire chief. It's, it's oh, a well, Dalmatian. Perfect. Oh, it's, yeah. it's great. I, I will say the logo looks a little Paul patrol 
ish, but at the uh-huh. same time, it's really cool. I mean, there's other ways you can use some of these names too. It doesn't yes. all have to be, you know, offensive to Native Americans. Correct. Yeah. If you if you change it around, if you get it to, uh, if you do that with the marketing and everything, and change your marketing mm. uh, and, and all of that, and have a different perception of it, absolutely. You know, there, there is one name I hope Anderson considers. It's from another school that since merged, uh, the Barons. Uh, it used Ooh. to be the Amelia Barons, and I love that name. But then they Barons. they yeah. they uh, merged with uh, Glen Estee and the Trojans, and they became the West Claremont Wolves. I was like, mm. I mean, that's fine and all, but it's just the Barons. That's that's a that's a rare name. It's I solid. Mean, yeah. Yeah, and there's not a lot. Um, there's not a lot of them. And you know, team names. And I, I, I don't know if Anderson would ever consider that, but you know, that's something that I secretly hope for. And but yeah, I, I wonder, you know, how how this tide will change things. I mean, I'm I'm all for change, and I think it's mm-hmm. it's well overdue too. But you know, where I mean, Redskins name, yeah, that's you know. If that's offensive to Native Americans and the tribes, then no, don't use it. But do you continue on and say Warriors is bad or, you know, Indians? Uh, Carlisle, I know, is the Indians. There's the Wayne mm-hmm. Warriors, uh, Northwestern and Springfield, uh, Cedarville, also the Indians. There's a ton of mm-hmm. names. Uh, it's um, There's also a, a few other schools that share the name with Anderson. Uh, I know Fort Loramie said they're not touching the name St. Henry, and oh, I knew it, uh, Wapakoneta. So, yeah, there's. I, 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 I have to start digging and thinking of all these schools. Is like, you know, it's. Well, look at the time when they got their names. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, 1920s, 1910. You know, it's not 1920 anymore. Yeah, it's, it's 2020. Changed. It's 2020. Let's get with the times. I know you were you endeared yourself to this name, but at the same time recognize that that it originated as a as a legit slur mm-hmm. when we're talking about the the red, you know. And it's like just you know, I mean, yeah, you've got to remarket stuff, but also you're going to sell a whole bunch of new stuff as well, so. Yeah. If you're looking at trying to help your bottom line in a sense, especially during this time, you know people will buy the new stuff, so you're going to get that revenue in to maybe help out your uh, your teams and stuff. I know that sounds a little shallow, but at the same time, if that is enough to motivate them to change that name, so it's no they no longer have that oppressive name, then then do that. You know that you're actually doing something good and getting helped out on the back end too. People aren't saying, hey, we know you purposely are doing this for this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As it stands right now, they have an opportunity to to change to change the name, to alter their logo, things like that. And everybody will go, that's awesome. If you don't do it now, in 10 years from now, people are going, why do you still have this name? You see what I mean? Now it's yeah. now it starts coming into, hey. We have all this information. People have all said this. This is not a good thing. Why would you continue to to put this out there? I mean, yeah. I, I can't say you know that I'm 
you know. It's just it's a conversation that's interesting to me, and I, mm-hmm. I I definitely think it needed to happen. And I like to think as a human race, we are starting to get more enlightened, if that's a proper term on that. Yeah. I, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Anderson's said that, yeah, we're definitely retiring the name, but I don't know what their timeline is. I know Washington's looking at, I think they're looking at a new identity by uh, f- uh, first kick of 2020, or a kickoff, even. Yeah, they won it by September. I mean... And uh, there's a guy that has went out and patented <laughs> all that. those names, and they've made their... He's made the merchandise, which is something you have to do. You mm. can't just hoard the names. You have to uh, be actively promoting it or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So he spent thousands and thousands of dollars of his own money because he wanted to have that name for when they actually did change. And he said, when I was reading the article, mm-hmm. he talked about he did it so that nobody else would get the name and try to extort it. Mm-hmm. You know, he said he'll give it to them for basically for free. They just got to come to him and talk to him about it, you know? I don't know if I read through the whole thing because I thought Mm -hmm. he was just sitting on it so he can make a pretty coin. But (laughs) there was uh, one guy definitely, uh, like you said, he sat on a name and you said, you know, if Washington wants it, I'll give it to him. So, but if if you're sitting on a name just so you can make a lot of coin, that's, uh, I don't know. I I don't think it's, it's a, it's a rough move, right? But that's the way our, uh, Unfortunately, that's our capitalistic society. So he's trying to make some money off of it because he recognized, hey, this is a racial slur. (laughs) Maybe they're going to have to change their name eventually. And he had the wherewithal to go out and do it when the Redskins could have done that, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. You know, they could have trademarked a whole bunch of names, you know, if, if it was ever to come to. You know, I was, um, what was I about to say? It was something, it was a great thought, and it was like, hmm, so that's that's excellent. Uh, oh, yeah, that was a great argument we had, modifying everything. <laughs> but yeah. uh, um, <laughs> now let's, uh, let's wrap up episode 170. Uh, Dominic, what are some of your favorite things about sports around Dayton, Ohio? My, some of my favorites is, is how many. There are mm-hmm. that you can go and see. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, the, um, I mean, the soccer is really close with, with that. You can see yeah, there, there are so many colleges with Dayton, with Wright State, and all of them that are so close. So you can see any of the sports that you want. You can see excellent basketball. You can see great baseball, mm-hmm. football, you know, all of that with, uh, and, and all the clubs that are around here that if somebody really wanted to delve into with uh, Wright State with their football club, yep. with uh, with the rugby and things like that, you know, a lot of people don't think of those sports as being around and Dayton has them. There, there really isn't a sport that you can think of that Dayton doesn't have at some point in time during the year. You know, there's uh, – Boxing fights, amateur boxing fights that happen at Memorial Hall a couple times a year that you get to see and really, really enjoy. There's some um, some local uh, fitness things that happen, you know, 
in Dayton at Montgomery County Fairgrounds, stuff like that, where you can go and, and see any and all types of sports to see what really kind of gets your, gets you going, gets you excited, what you really like to see and, and able to do, you know, as we mentioned the sport I'm in with Derby. I mean, I think it's an absolutely fantastic sport. It's a sport, you know, you can watch and the athletes are playing well into their forties. So if you started watching somebody that just started at 20, you could watch their entire career and we're talking 20 years, you know, so just like a great baseball player, you just see them all the time, all the time, you know, the baseball. Oh, wow. I mean, anything and everything with Dayton, you know, that's, what's so exciting. And, you know, in, in a sense, you can almost lump in, I don't want to lump in anything, but when you talk with Cincinnati being really close with theirs, they got probably one of the most preeminent, uh, their soccer teams that they have their fan following already. And they've only been around a couple of years is absolutely fantastic. And we, we touched on the Dayton dragons and how amazing their fans are. When I went and saw a Dayton flyers game, I was like, Oh wow. I've really, you've really stepped up to the big time. If you haven't seen a Dayton flyers basketball game, that is a must see ticket. If you can get a ticket yeah, to, to go see, you know, and I couldn't think of anything, uh, uh, negative about the Dayton sports scene, except maybe you want to see more, but there's so much to see. If you just open up the paper, if you still get the paper or look on, you know, what's going on in Dayton, you know, this week, you can pretty much find an event, uh, a sporting event that might interest you. There's something for everyone here. Exactly. That's the, that was my, you know, one of the, one of the things I really enjoyed about it, you could look, uh, maybe it's lacrosse, maybe it's, you know, any, any of the sports that you really wanted to see. There's such a diverse amount of sports here. You're not just stuck with football, baseball, basketball. You know, there's so many others that you can turn to and check out and, and see if that maybe that's what you want. And really, and, and, Southwest Ohio and namely Dayton, it's it's all competitive. I mean, all the teams are strong in one sport or another, or even more. It's that's what's awesome to me. It's just it it's a hotbed of great sports around here. Yeah, there's uh, yeah you're you don't have to go back going wow that that wasn't that good. <laughs> you're not going to have that letdown. Yeah. You're going to see top quality stuff. I mean, right state basketball now, men's basketball. Wow. You would have to be out of your mind not to go and want to see one of those games now. Yeah. You know, I, I've never understood the, why they're not selling out the Nutter center, you know, when they're having those games there or, um, you know, when they're, when they're playing and everything. I mean, it's, it's uh, the quality of basketball that they're having the way they're getting ranked now mm-hmm. and, and there are multiple 20 win seasons in a row which I think is the staple for a basketball team. When you know they're getting really good, mm-hmm. they're winning more than 20 games or more. They're always shooting for 20, you know, cause you might get the call from the dance, you know, one of the big things I hear about uh, when people talk about Wright state basketball is there's nowhere to park. But <laughs> I, I think there was an event in the nineties where, you know, a firing or two happened and then that ticked off yeah. a lot of the fan base and, it, yeah. it hasn't fully recovered like that, but still, I mean, mm-hmm. Wright State constantly leads the Horizon League in terms yeah. of attendance. So, 
and, and, and baseball get nationally ranked. They've had some amazing teams. You're the announcer for them too, right? Yeah, I do. Um, I do some games. Uh, I yeah. split my time between UD and Wright State, which, yeah. uh, yeah, UD's getting up there in baseball. Coach King's done a nice mm-hmm. job, but Wright State, ooh, I mean. Well, that was that was the thing. I was, you know, I was starting to look, and I'm like, I'm starting to look, and I'm like, how many things can can Lee actually announce? <laughs> how much how much time does he possibly have? And is there a spot where I can slide in? Because he can't do them all. <laughs> well, I, I'll have to I'll have to try to send you a contact uh, email just in case you know. Because I mentioned I announced that UD and Wright State, and mm-hmm. UD hired me first, like two years before I started working back at Wright State. So, I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. I can't guarantee anything, but I could, you know. No, I wouldn't. No, I'm not not looking for anything. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. it's one of those where, you know, it's like. I mean, good like, quality announcing when it yeah. com- combines with a good quality product. I mean, it just makes the experience. It makes everything else there better, mm-hmm. and it's something that you want to want to go and you want to see again. Definitely. You know? I mean, and, and it's not just basketball and baseball that are good. I mean, both Dayton mm-hmm. and Wright State have great soccer teams, and it's yeah. a lot of fun seeing them. My Bojan and alumni, and uh, before Wright State uh, can the softball. Uh, program uh, about a month ago now uh they yeah. were pretty good they were getting there i mean very young last year but i i think mm-hmm. they could have handled the horizon league quite well i mean ud's good as well it's going back to the whole point again there's something for everyone and it's competitive here yes yes you're gonna see top quality stuff and you're not gonna um have to mortgage your house to go see it either Absolutely. That's, that's what I love about it. I mean, UD, uh, outside men's basketball, women's basketball, and trying to think if they charge for anything else. I don't think they do. Everything is free. You just walk in and yeah. enjoy a good uh, product. Right State, uh, can't say how much men's basketball tickets are because I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, everything's about 5 bucks. Or if you're a student, you just walk in, show your right one card that you get, and it's free. I mean... I totally missed out on that. I've got two degrees from Wright State. You don't? And I, well, I, I didn't start going there until I was in my 30s. Ah. So, you know, life and jobs and stuff kept you away. And then people are like, dude, you know, you could go to every basketball game for free. You mm-hmm. just have to show them your, your, uh, your ID, the right one. And uh, I was like, oh, I should have took advantage of that. Now I really wish I could <laughs> take advantage of it because the teams now, are so much better. <laughs> yeah. They're so good. I mean, it's so awesome. There's not really a bad sport of right state. I mean, no. I can't really, I can't really think of any of them. I mean, they're all good. Yeah. And now, I mean, with, with the coronavirus aside, you know, with right state being able to have their football club start, mm-hmm. you know, cause they had that little uh, thing that Ohio state made them not be able to have a football team for at least 50 years or something mm-hmm. like that. And then once it was done, then they were able to have a club team and then they could have a club team for a certain amount of years. And after that, then they could get a football team, a legit football team. So that is something, you know, that they, you know, people are always wondering why Wright state never had a football team. What well, wasn't, you know, cause they couldn't, well, it, it wasn't cause they didn't want to, it was that they couldn't because of the deal that they had with Ohio State. 
You know, I've heard a lot of stories about why, why Wright State doesn't have football. I heard that uh, Irvin J. Nutter didn't want football when he put mm-hmm. in the money for the Nutter Center. I don't know if that's true, but I can tell you the stories about being on that first group to get football at Wright State. And I was pretty much the media liaison uh, just because I was at the college radio station pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I wasn't at a sporting event, I'm at the radio station. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I can tell you the stories of uh, getting that off the ground in our first spring game at uh, Wayne. Mm-hmm. We took on um, the Ohio Valley Warriors, I think they were at the time. And then we moved to... Did we go to Bellbrook after Wayne? I think we did. But then we, we have a, our own rec football field now, which is awesome. Yeah. It's on campus. Mm-hmm. And uh, Slowly but surely. I hope one day the hockey team can come back because they did win a national championship yeah. the year before I started there. But, yeah, it's – you know, we have great sports here. Now, let me ask a follow-up question. What would you mm-hmm. like to see in the future for sports and media in Dayton, Ohio? Well, with, with sports, I would like to see – you know, obviously I would love to see another arena football team back. Me too. We talked about uh, an actual – you know, the bring back the professional hockey to Dayton. Yeah, you know, we need we need a, a another center type sports complex for us to really be able to bring all that back in. And as far as like the media, I would like to see a little more, you know, uh, coverage. And it's starting to happen mm-hmm. on the. Uh, I don't want to say niche sports, but sports that don't get as much publicity. You know, obviously, you know, I'm going to be uh, highly partial to Derby mm-hmm. and I would love to see roller Derby, you know, uh, a little better accepted slash promoted with, with the Dayton area. Like I said, we're 69th in the world and mm-hmm. one of the top teams in the world. And if you had something like that, you think you would want to expound, expound on that a little bit, you know, kind of get it out there. Hey, and by the way, you know, we just happen to have the Gem City Roller Derby, you know, and they're and they're and they're doing amazing stuff. As much as they would want to promote, not maybe you know, with the Dayton Flyers, with the right states and, and stuff like that, and I, you know, so with with media, maybe look at the the uh, smaller stuff to get it get it out there a little bit more, you know, other than just the hey, this is what's happening in Dayton this week kind of stuff. Mm. Give people a little more of a. Uh, more of a knowledge of it, you know, that history stuff, you know, uh, when you read the paper, you're always getting updates on any of the the college teams or the baseball teams or, you know, the bigger, bigger stuff like that. But, you know, let's get even more local with that. That's, that's all I'd really, it's still great coverage that's happening. I would just like to see more of it. You know, when I uh, talked to Mike Hartsock, I didn't realize that Channel 7 only had one sports guy, and that was him. And I can remember a time <laughs> in the 90s where, on the interview I had with him, he said he had five people. And I remember <laughs> there was at least two others that did other sports at the time. It's just, it, it's crazy to me to think that, you know, that's happened, especially at arguably the biggest TV station in Dayton. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that makes me sad, but... Yeah, I, I I want more local sports covered, and you know, I, I definitely hope that there's more local sports radio to be had as well. That's that's mm-hmm. one thing. That's main reason why I started this podcast to prove a I can do that, and b you know, there are local sports. 
There but are local sports. For those that want to become part of a roller derby family mm-hmm. or want to become an announcer as yourself, what advice can you share? Advice? Uh, yeah. Contact them. You know, if you've got passion for it, and it's something that you you really want to get involved. You're like, I want to do something that, you know, can, can help with the community as, you know, gem city does a lot of uh, charity events and things like that for, for people, you know, uh, get a hold of them, go to gemcityrollerderby.com, get on there. They've got uh, links that you can click on to volunteer or to join or any of that. If you want to become an official or if you just want to say, hey, I would like to come out and learn about this and see how that is, you know, to, to get the experience and see if that's something you might want to do, mm-hmm. you know, by all means, you know, contact them, get it done. You can look me up on uh, Facebook, the Big Ragu fan page. You'll find me on there. Um, you can shoot me a, a thing and I will uh, get in touch with you if maybe you wanted to do a, do an announcing thing with me or something like that. If you um any of those kind of things, you know, really um, would be the steps you'd want to take. And for my last question of the episode, mm-hmm. how can people follow you on social media? <laughs> yeah, they can go. Um, I'm at Big Ragu Boxing on Twitter. Mm. I have um, the uh, uh, the Big Ragu on YouTube mm-hmm. and the uh, again, the Big Ragu fan page on Facebook is where I'm at there. Man, I hope one day I get my own fan page. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) But, uh, Dominic, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great interview. Uh, Thank you for your time. Almost reaching two hours. but uh, Almost. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your time. It's been my pleasure, and thank you for having me on. Not a problem. uh, Looking forward to hearing you on your season four. Yeah, it's... uh, (laughs) Wednesday. Wow. I've been doing this podcast for four years. And uh, yeah, um, stay tuned for news about the live stream that Wednesday. But uh, that will do it for episode 170 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Dominic, again, thank you for your time. And we'll talk to you again for episode 171. For listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to this podcast, please visit the LeeWMowen.com spelled T-H-E-L-E-E-W-M-O-W-E-N.com, then click on podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way to catch new episodes of this podcast, such as on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, the iHeartRadio app, Pandora, and many more platforms. Follow along on social media by liking the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and follow along on Twitter at SindayPod and the Lee W. Mowen. Feel free to send in future questions for Mowen's Mailbag on Twitter or Facebook. The closing theme was created with the Splash app, available for free on Google Play and the App Store. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off 
Let's talk local Cincinnati and Dayton sports again on the next episode.